Hello and welcome to the Sacred Remembering Podcast, the place for modern women who are waking up to the truth of who they are, with me as your host, Sarah Poet. Now, if the word sacred is throwing you a little bit, that's okay. Have you had that moment as a modern woman where you went, wait, I left something of myself back there along the way? Well, if so, then you're already on a path of sacred remembering and you're actually in the right place. We know that modern women are rising, but we don't do it by fighting. We do it by remembering who we are and standing in that truth. And here in this space, we remember together through stories and tools and curiosity. And in doing so, we bring forward the place of women in our modern world. Now let's begin. Hello and good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you are listening. I am recording this in the morning and I'm recording it on the morning that I'm releasing the podcast, which I try not to do. I try not to do, but, um, you know, cause I don't, I don't want to rush. I want to get the things out there and I want to be structuring my time cause that's sexy too. But, but here's what happened. This week, I've been re-listening to this episode about arrows and pleasure, and I've been giving this some some real thought. I, I even recently created my core desired feelings for the second half of 2020, and I chose erotic as one of my core desired feelings to focus on, which means that I create daily action around that. I'm journaling around that and I carry that for six months, but that's another story. So this week was a rather busy week. And when I planned to do this intro, what I was finding was the day had been really busy or I was low energy and I was just like, no, you know, you see my, my throat's still clearing up from the morning, but I'm going with it. So, so I was thinking, no, I'm not, I'm not going to record this intro like work. I'm going to record this intro like pleasure. I'm going to be in the erotic essence as I speak to this topic. And that's been just like a really beautiful practice in and of itself. So I, you know, thought that last night was going to be the night and then that I was just exhausted by the end of the day. And I told my partner, you know, I'm just, I'm not going to record uh, this in this, in this way. And I expected to wake up really early and like get right to it. Right. More of how we do as women often we're like, okay, where can I fit this in? And then that wasn't what happened. What happened this morning was I woke up, no alarm, stretched out in the bed, very full sleep, very pleasurable experience, like with the softness of the sheets, you know, just reveled in that for a while. I was up before the sun. I get up 
most days before six o'clock, but like the sleep was so deep. It was so wonderful and went downstairs to find my partner already awake. And we did a meditation practice together, which was really beautiful. And then that led to closeness. And then I moved my body in a yoga practice, right? So, so much like feeling and being in the body, um, before coming to the work. Um, and then I had a breakfast and I let myself eat these eggs with like a drippy yolk. And I'm like, Oh my God, this is so much pleasure, you know? And I'm sitting here at, it's still only eight o'clock in the morning and I'm looking out over the mountains and I have my like delicious treat of French press coffee and I went to hit record and you know the voice of the uh the essence of the arrows was like "Uh uh-uh girl uh uh-uh no 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 like still not yet and I sat here and I did some breathing with a hum in the breathing and if you haven't done that before I invite you to go ahead and do that because it actually stimulates the vagal nerve that stimulates the parasympathetic and so I sat here in this humming breath work and meditation for just a few moments uh, before hitting record. And so I am celebrating this topic with the dear Jacqueline Robinson that is our guest today. I'm celebrating the erotic that can be found in the smallest moments, like in the pleasure of the body on the soft sheets, right? In the pleasure of an improvisational yoga practice to a sweet song. In the pleasure of just choosing to spend time with your partner in the flesh without rushing because you have to get the things done. Okay? So these small moments are everywhere. You know, oh, and what we put into our mouths, what we put into our mouths as pleasure. So whenever you listen to this episode, I really invite you to go ahead and experiment with those small moments of pleasure. And um, you are going to be so inspired by this episode and the wisdom, and I'll even say the codes that Jacqueline is bringing forth today. And our conversation really goes to some points where I'm really glad that we go. I'm really glad that we go because, you know, we talk, we do talk about women's bodies and pleasure, but not like this. So, you know, from from like, (laughs) I really love the part of the conversation where we're talking about how, you know, heartache and this like soulmate kind of trauma bond thing that we do in our culture is actually an invitation from your erotic nature. Okay. Jacqueline kind of blew my mind with that one. So definitely stay tuned here today. And I invite you to do a couple of things. I really would love if you would share this episode with one woman or more that you know would enjoy it. Just share it with someone and be like, Hey, I'm listening to this podcast. Um, I think you'd love it Two, go ahead and subscribe so that you don't miss these episodes because, um, all of the episodes have been amazing. Every single one of my guests is so brilliant and I'm really excited about what is happening in season two. We have some 
powerhouse women here to talk about all the things. Okay. So I've been recording these episodes. Jacqueline and I actually recorded, um, probably two months ago, if not more than two months ago. Now I was living in my, in my apartment then. Um, and, and I've been living with my partner now for two months. So as I listened to this conversation, I was like, wow, that was, that was interesting to be there two months ago. So much has changed. Um, so much has changed here in 2020. How are you all doing. It has been uh, quite the ride. So if you are not in the Sacred Remembering Facebook group, I invite you to join that group. We just completed 30 days of devotion and I did a lot of talks about our relationship with devotion and our relationship with our devotion specifically to our truth inside of us. Okay. And what I mean when I say sacred, remembering sacred truth is that the answers are really inside of you. And we're completely conditioned in this world to trust that the answers come from outside of ourselves. Jacqueline and I today talk about um, the permission that we look for outside of ourselves until we remember that it's ours. And then I really do believe that there is a sacred devotion that is required, but also just beckoned, right? Like life is beckoning you to pay attention to this sacred truth that is emerging inside of you. Um, And you hear it. Like I know that every woman listening to this hears that truth. And then it's like, well, I'll just turn that down. I'll just uh, ignore that. I, because I don't know what what to, what action to take, you know, so I'll just stay here. I'll just stay silent. And I definitely have been there and I continue to have to, you know, come to the edge of my own comfort zone and speak my truth to my partner. You know, I, I have to continue to come to my own edges of like my own, well, who the fuck am I in my business? You know, that, that voice that's on the inside that says, I can't do that. And I have to show up and be like, no, I, I can, this is me and this is who I came to be and how I came to serve. So, you know, if anybody wants to, I will like, <laughs> I will talk to you about that journey because it is so real. So I get it. Like I get it. I get it. And I also am saying that this path of sacred remembering, walking back to your sacred truth is the most important thing you can ever do. The most important thing that you will ever do. And it is my absolute pleasure pleasure and passion to help you, to cheer you on, to watch you and to create experiences where you can be seen with other women, because that's very, very, very important in our walk to sacred remembering and sacred truth as well. So um, I'm going to talk for just one more minute and then we're going to get to our awesome interview today. Um, So it's really, really important that we be witnessed and seen among groups of women where we can resonate as us and where we can be seen as us. 
Okay, this is a really, really profound experience. And the experience of the sacred truth mastermind that is concluding here at the beginning of July 2020, from January to July, has been so profound in what women have been able to come into the truth that they've been able to come into in reflection of other women who just have their back. It's like women having each other's right to be in their sacred truth. And I can tell you that as the leader or facilitator of this group, I have also grown in leaps and bounds as well with the intentions that I set. And it's like, holy shit, didn't even really realize that was possible, even though it was the intentions that I was um, setting. So, you know, for example, like, what does this look like? What does this look like? Well, you know, I was a school leader and ran, ran schools and I have this like very innate leadership capacity. But when I began my business, I, it was like, I was struggling with the imposter syndrome, right? And, or just like navigating being a new business owner and all of those things. And my natural leadership like took a back seat. It faltered. I will say that it faltered. Right. And so one of my intentions at the beginning of the mastermind, because I'm walking that path right along with everyone, one of my intentions was to come back into my natural leadership in a balance of feminine and masculine and um, in, a, in a balance of conscious feminine and masculine. And, and what I found through that experience has been really, really profound. And the here I, I find myself at the end of the mastermind with this embodied experience, embodied um, knowing of that leadership way stronger than I ever felt it in my school career. Okay. And here it is embodied. And so I say that to say that that's an example of the type of transformation. And I want to invite you to consider that the second half of 2020 is going to be just as powerful and potent as the first half of 2020, if not more so. And there is another sacred truth mastermind forming for that purpose. I was not planning on doing this. And then I was like, holy shit, this year is so profound. This experience and the possibility of truly embodying your truth through this experience is so profound that, um, uh, you know, spirit told me to form another group. And so the date for that is August 19th. So you can find information about that on sarahpoet.com and there's a mastermind page and a mastermind tab. There's also space there to schedule a call with me because if you are going to invest in a six month program, we're going to want to get to know each other. So if you've been listening to this and, and like right now you might be feeling that like, yes, or that like, Oh my God, I know that's for me. Or your body might be tingling or, or showing you some sort of sensational experience that that shows you that this is for you, I'm going to encourage you to, um, to follow that. Okay. Space is limited because we do want this to be an intimate group. So you need to act early. Okay. So now I'm going to read to you Jacqueline's bio and get to this amazing conversation 
Thank you for being here. Thank you for just being you at this time, who you are and your truth is so important. And it's, it's uh, carrying the world forward in more ways than you know. So thank you for being here and thank you for being um, in your own path of sacred remembering. So much love. Jacqueline Robinson is a wild and fierce lover of the heart. Her work with women has expanded over the past 10 years from small intimate groups to worldwide virtual gatherings, high-level mentorship, and deeply transformative retreats. Through 28 years of relationship with her beloved, Jacqueline has navigated deep reservoirs of love, intimacy, and sexuality, and currently serves both men and women in coming alive to their holy essence and primal nature. Continually deepening her communion with the sacred is one of the most beautiful gifts that Jacqueline brings to her evolving desire to awaken and activate soul codes in the remembrance of arrows through pleasure and ecstasy. Now for our interview. Hi, Jacqueline. Welcome to the Sacred Remembering Podcast. Hello, Sarah. Thank you. Happy to be here. Oh my gosh, I'm so grateful to be (laughs) here with you and to talk about Eros and sacred intimacy and to really bring alive some conversations on this podcast that we haven't spoken of yet. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for bringing your Mm -hmm. sweet and soft voice and all of your wisdom (laughs) (laughs) and your erotic nature here to the podcast. I am thrilled about it. And as you said, sweet and soft voice and wisdom, I felt also the fire. There definitely will be fire and just all of it, just feeling so alive and I can sense it already. So I'm, I'm thrilled, juicy thrilled. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Listeners can't see it, but Jacqueline's like wearing her red today (laughs) and it's like soft red. It's, it's, uh, yeah. You brought the softness and the fire. So I love it. I love it. Um, Let's start by having you tell us about your work in the world. And I know there have been some recent evolutions and changes as as life will (laughs) evolve and change (laughs) us. And so what are you finding is really alive in your work right now? Oh, gosh. It's fascinating to me. Because what has really come up is that erotic energy. And as I've been playing with it, certainly, as you well know, when we are entrepreneurs and we are navigating a business that comes from our passion and work and practice that touches all of our innermost places that make us come alive, it's constantly evolving because we are. We're constantly moving to that edge and bringing that into our practice, our work with others. Absolutely. So yeah. really, soul work. Soul work. That's right. Yeah. The, the stuff that gives you the juice and makes you come alive, for me, that's so much the energy of the eros and the erotic signatures, knowing from the inside out what makes you come alive. And we're accustomed to sensing that from the outside in. Yeah. And so my work really is dealing with those places. Uh, I got the language recently, seducing the shadows. And it's about bringing that, that desire, that 
energy, that juice and life force that has been sort of tucked away because it wasn't acceptable and yet it pulses in you takes me to that movie Jumanji where the box of the game is just a heartbeat that is always happening, even if it's tucked away in a closet. Mm, mm. My son and I were in the woods this morning and he picked up this uh, stick that was like a piece of driftwood and it was just this perfect stick. And he said, mom, this is going to be my magic channel. (laughs) And I said, I love that stick, but you are your magic channel. <laughs> like, let's not forget that that magic yes. channel is right inside of you. So tell us more about seducing the shadows. That is oh, so yummy. It is so yummy. And I actually, that phrase came, I was doing a journey for part of my work to Hades in the underworld and really touching that place where we have taboo or forbidden desire and ecstasy and passion and things that just really turn us on. And I was doing it through the lens of expanding my work. And it was as though, and of course, when I went there, you know, I'm wearing this red today with a little bit of black and gray in it. And that is how Hades, I don't want to say layer, but it sort of was, it was this deep, rich, red and crimson and burgundy space where Hades really didn't have a face, but his energy was dripping with potency. And that's the language when I engaged with him. The language around my work was seducing the shadows, which to give language to that even further is very much about Having a space, creating a space, creating a form, a frame where the deeper, darker, and I'm not talking dark as in malicious, but dark as in hidden and unseen, decadent, where that energy is free to rise. There's a a frame of space created around it, protection, acceptance, um, beauty, eroticism, all of it is safe and welcome to be witnessed, to be felt, to be woven into the threads of life and consciousness. And that really is what my work is about, is my energy naturally seduces. And so going in and making those shadows feel welcome, whole, alive, pulsing, giving them the space they are seeking. Beautiful. So, you know, for, I want to go, I want to go deeper for listeners, like into this concept of underworld or into this Mm. concept of why would these things be in the shadows and why do we want them and need them? Um, So we're just kind of diving deep quickly here, but if we are enticing, seducing those things that we've put into shadow or are they always in shadow, you know, arrows? Um, why, how do they get there? And why are we seducing mm. them out as modern mm. women? Like speak to that. What are we missing? If not, we are missing the juice of life. If you think about the, the natural eroticism of a woman's body, she becomes aroused. The more, 
stimulus is given to that arousal, the more ripe she becomes, the more swollen and engorged, and her juices begin to accumulate within her body. And eventually, those waters flow. That's her natural erotic state of being. And so throughout the course of her life, it can begin, first of all, it's in our culture to not be that for lifetimes and generations and millennia to not have that highly magnetic and potent energy come through the feminine because it's potentially dangerous. It can affect men. It can affect the, the sort of steady line of status quo. Everything can be shaken up by that because it's so potent. And as I say that, it's, we're talking about erotic energy, but I, I actually can sense it as though it's coming through the heartbeat, heated core center of the earth up through our feet and resonating and resounding within our bodies. So our, our culture by nature, by where we come from, by the lineage we are, whether it's soul lineage or biological lineage, it's been turned down. And then we're born into a life where sexuality is private, it's secret, you don't talk to anybody about it as a child, you don't, you don't make any fuss about your genitals, you don't show them, you don't kiss anybody, you don't touch anybody. There's so many things to be careful about that it dampens that natural instinct to touch and to feel and to love and to sense to just even sense whether it's your your five senses or your sixth sense, all of it becomes taboo. And certainly for, I would say, every human being has some kind of desire around their sexual and erotic, erotic nature that has been quieted because it's just not really acceptable. It's not approved of. And so when it gets put into, when I say the shadows, I see the shadows literally as you're standing in sunlight, sunlight in front of you, beaming over your body, radiating, the full front of you is just lit up and illuminated and so gorgeous. And behind you is your dark shadow. You cast a shadow simply by standing there. And so what often happens is that these natural parts of us get tucked away out of sight, out of mind. And when we are seducing the shadows, literally, in speaking to women here specifically, we are calling her home. So in some version of it, it's a literal soul retrieval. It's a retrieval of her erotic nature. It's primal in her. It's natural. It's who she is. Right. And every woman has this. Yes. Every woman has this. Every woman has this. So if you have tucked away um, your sexuality or urges or something like that into the shadow and Jacqueline's using the word erotic and you're like, I don't know what that is. I don't have an identification with that. I don't know what that feels like. I think what we're saying is that it's it's then tucked in the shadow and and it is available to be discovered it is available to be reclaimed 
Absolutely. And it wants to be. I mean, that's the beauty of it is it doesn't have to be this pathway of really hard work and agonizing. The erotic nature of the feminine is, as I've said, it's pulsing. It's alive. It's not dead. And if you're not feeling it, there's a space between you and it and the the work, which can be incredibly pleasurable, is to shrink that space, to remove that space and create a union between you and that erotic nature that, by the way, also wants you. Mm, oh, yes. Oh, I love that. It's like stalking you. So yes. I, I really love that you just said that this could be pleasurable, and we would hope that the reclamation of the erotic and eros could be pleasurable. <laughs> but, you know, I think for, for women who recognize like, oh my gosh, I, I lost something of myself back there. That's what I say in the beginning of the podcast. Um, and maybe that sexual nature is a part of what, what has been lost. There's a, you and I both talk about like, aligning to the core truth of who we are and, and going to that truth and activating that core, because I think it's really, really common. And I did this myself to go in through the lens of the trauma. It's like, well, if I'm not feeling sexual, then I have some blocks in my lower sacral chakras and my root chakras. And I have to do the healing and I have to, it's like, it's almost, um, suffering how we go about the healing a lot of the time. And it's like, well, I can't feel it yet. I'm not there yet. I gotta, I gotta do more work. Right. But you're saying yes. it can just be pleasurable. So, so paint a picture about how, like an alternative path. For I am so thrilled that you said this. I had it in my <laughs> notes to mention it Good. because we are coming out of a time where quote, doing the work is essential and it's laborious and it's exhausting. And it's all about where you're not in alignment and where your trauma is. Certainly, if there's trauma and you need to address it, absolutely do that. Many women have sexual abuse trauma and need support. In no way am I discarding that. However, the energy, the codes that are available to us now and able to be activated, and I'm speaking specifically of the erotic feminine codes, when these are activated, that activation may expose the trauma, but it will also dissolve it. Mm-hmm. You don't have to go in and labor with it and suffer and go back to those moments. You can, you can get the support you need, number one, but even more so, you can begin to simply activate the parts of you that are in your own personal erotic signature and make you come awake and alive. And by the very nature of that, by the pleasure of that, by tuning into what turns you on, by connecting with your own personal truth, by dropping the burdensome need to please others, you begin to shift into a whole new way of being. Awesome. So let's break down codes for listeners. Mm. Like what, what is this? What is the signature code? What, what does it mean that we're code carriers? Um, (laughs) Yeah. 
So for me personally, I see it as when, when I visualize a being within the body, whether I'm, I'm a body worker as well. So whether I have hands on a body or whether I'm connecting to their energy field, it's as though within the body is a circuit board that has lights and switches on it. And some are turned on and some are turned off. We're not always aware of what is on and what is off. And so within each of those lights or switches, they connect to what I call, what many call codes. And these codes are literally as though if you have a room that's dark and you go in and you turn on the light, you don't know what's going to be in that room. If it's a bedroom, it has its own signature of energy. If it's a kitchen, the energy is going to feel different. If it's a bathroom, just if you feel it very simply that way, that every room has its own signature, its own coding, C-O-D-I-N-G, within our being, Every one of those, and you can call them switches, you can call them lights, you can call them rooms. Teresa of Avila wrote about the mansion of the soul has many rooms. And so when you go in and you activate the energy of that space, that frequency, that remembrance, everything in the rest of your being shifts because you've now, if you think about walking into a kitchen, you don't know what's in there. Once you turn the light on, it has impact on you. You feel differently depending what you find. Yeah, I love that. I love the analogy that you're using because it's really easy to see that that the codes would be like the circuit board. And then what else mm-hmm. comes to mind is like my code activation and your code activation are going to feel different because my sacred truth is mine and my room is mine and yours yes. is yours. And so we each carry this um, individual erotic signature at the same yes. time. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, you know, for, for a woman who's like, I have no clue if I carry these or what the hell codes are or anything like that. Like, how does one begin to pick up on clues that maybe something wants to be activated? (laughs) First of all, desire. Okay. What, what is coming through your desire? And, and the flip side of that is stagnancy, boredom, seeking something else that begins to answer your desire. Because ultimately, your erotic signature is woven with your desire. They connect. The desire activates the signature. And so when you allow your desire to speak to you, and that means you aren't just going along status quo, doing what you're told, making sure everybody's happy, pleasing all the people, following all the rules, because there are times that your desire is going to say, yeah, I don't really want to do that. Mm -hmm. I'm not really up for that. Mm -hmm. And it may feel uncomfortable. It may feel like you're not getting approval, but listening to that desire in the moment is your key to the next activation, to the next evolution, to the next iteration and expansion of your own erotic signature. And yours, here's the beauty of listening. Yours will not match anybody else's. Mm -hmm. 
it's yours. So looking at anybody else to give approval or that it will look like them and that means you're doing it right won't set you on your own track. It's mm. so unique. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, oh, good Lord. Thank you for saying all of this because the this idea that we could possibly become the truth of who we are and have endless approval along the path is just something (laughs) that I'm just like sick of fucking talking about because I'm like, of course you're going to piss people off. Of course you're going to lose people. Of course you're going to (laughs) like, there was so much protection in um, people wanting to keep those old stories and ways of being safe and locked down. And so it's like, if you were becoming an erotic female, you know, this far into the patriarchy, while the feminine is awakening, while we are rebalancing the masculine and feminine on the planet, like, of course, you're going to piss people off. That's not the point. Like the point is what you find within you and the pleasure and the deep, um, yeah, eroticism of knowing the self so deeply. Um, and, And it's uncomfortable on the way through, but what you find is worth it. It's like you're, you're hunting your own treasure the whole time. Yes. Yes, exactly. And to the point of pissing people off, he, here's a beauty that exists in that. You may piss people off. Well, you will. You will piss people off. You will have people who no longer can relate to you because your true erotic signature is unrelatable to others. It's only relatable to you. So other people may feel, I can't relate to that at all. And there may be moments where you have grief about that. Here's a beautiful truth that partners with that grief. At the same time, you feel wildly alive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They exist Mm -hmm. together. And eventually, that life force that is pulsing and juicing and beating through you presses out the grief. Beautiful. Beautiful. I I love it. So I would like to open up a conversation on relationships mm. because, you know, on my path, <laughs> which I don't mean to project, but I'm just like, okay, on my path, I looked for some of this sacred truth and the sacred, um, no, I looked for the permission that Mm. was mine to give myself to be this erotic being. I looked for that permission in various men. And so I had a partner a few years ago on my awakening path that was extremely erotic and really activated a lot of codes within me, (laughs) thankfully. Um, And yet there was this part of my my woman self that didn't know that I was doing that for me. And I still thought that I was doing that for relationship or to be in that relationship. And so my desire was in part misplaced onto um, a few significant relationships, like a few significant men um, who in the, in the end, in the very painful end, were showing me that this was mine to reclaim. Mm-hmm. And so they were actually 
activations, but they looked a lot like soulmates. Um, so I just want to talk about partnership in any direction you want to take it, Jacqueline. Like, how do we project this, you know, onto partners? And then because I think that so many women are are like still there in that projection of like, oh, I'm looking for my soulmate. I'm looking for my twin flame. Um, yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. Uh, first of all, and you said it, and I, I have done this as well, where whether or not I am able to fully live in my erotic signature, express it, and be that turned on feminine in my life was dependent on who and how my partner was. Mm-hmm. And if if I could feel it and if it was there, then it meant that that had to permeate all the rest of my life and everything had to line up within that relationship. And when things went awry, all of a sudden I was left feeling uh, a little droopy energetically, a little turned off energetically. And like I had no power. I love the word that you use, permission. And when it comes to relationships, every partner that you dive in deeply with has an activation for you. It may not mean they are your forever person. It may be, and I I have come to a place, and I'm not sure if this is true for you as well, Sarah, but that relationship is about alignment. And as long as the alignment is alive and the life force is there, and that includes even navigating challenging places together, Mm -hmm. as long as the alignment is there, then you have the beautiful opportunity to continually come into your erotic nature and have it be present even outside of the relationship. The relationship isn't the container or the holder for a woman's erotic signature, mm-hmm. twin flame, soulmate, mm-hmm. husband, lover, partner, it doesn't matter. Her erotic signature exists on its own in sovereignty outside of any other being. And when she can really sense and own that, she's not dependent on who he is and when he's going to come. However, that does not diminish that at the core of her being, there is a desire to share this in partnership. I think that we get caught up in the languaging of my soulmate, my twin flame, my all of the names that we call that, yeah. including divine masculine, sacred feminine, any, any label that we put on it. If we are getting hung up on that, that is it. We are stepping outside of ourselves and giving that power to a label, an experience, a being, a, a, an alignment even. We can't even give that power to the alignment. It's within first and yeah. then in union, however we choose. Beautiful. I, there were so many amazing sound bites in there. I just want people, I, I want you to like rewind two minutes and listen to all that again. Because <laughs> yes, like hell yes. So, right. So we misplace this personal power into relationships. And, um, and, <laughs> and I did that like when I already knew the, this language of projection and masculine feminine and like, you know, I, I was aware and I was still doing that shit. 
So we do that. We do that a we, lot. <laughs> we do that. And I, lo- I love that you said that because here's something for the women listening that I have found is true. And I'm curious for you as well, Sarah. It's not a, a negative thing what you just said. What I have experienced myself is that there can be a knowing, and that's a beautiful evolution for women. When you get to the place that you know about projecting and alignments and self-ownership and all of these things that matter, there's a difference between the knowing and the embodiment. Yes. We can know for a very long time before we actually find ourselves in an experience of embodiment. And the knowing activates codes, the embodiment turns them the fuck on high. Mm-hmm. 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 And so to, to the women who know, I, I just want to acknowledge that you're still doing it. The knowing is going to take you deeper into the embodiment. So keep trusting yourself. And absolutely, we can know and still bump into this. We're human. We're on this journey not to perfect it. We are on this journey to literally, when we bump into something, okay, what is it? Do I clear it? Do I step around it? Do I own it? Do I integrate it? What is this as much as I'm able to sense and how do I want to respond to it? What is my desire in responding, in navigating, in playing with, in making love to, in integrating? Whatever your verb is, what is my desire with this? Yeah. And, and I go back to that point that you were making about the shadow earlier because mm. um, when I was misplacing that power, even though I knew better and like my subconscious was still up to something because, or I would say my soul was up to something. My multidimensional self was up to something because I didn't come here on this planet to be a human who gives my power away or derives my Mm. power sense of self through anything, even a soulmate relationship. And so my last decision to enter such a relationship that I thought was it. I mean, he and I had past life visions together, like, holy shit, we had really, really come for something. And we Mm. thought we had come for union, but he and I both had not resolved essentially like the core wound. And so the entire relationship was the activation to go into the shadow and to reclaim Mm. the self. And so I say that because I hear a lot of women when something happens in a soulmate relationship and it ends, there is a trauma response. And I want to say right there where, where it feels a lot like trauma, I think especially right now with what's going on on the planet and like the encodement on the planet, that many women are holding codes that if you choose to go into the shadow and transmute what you are experiencing, it can be the end of that trauma bonding for Mm. you. Um, Because I, I personally really believe that the soulmate attraction and the twin flame attraction is often a trauma bond attraction in the subconscious where you are seeking to resolve 
your own fragments, your own fragmentation, and come back to your own wholeness. And so if we start to look at relationships like that, like, well, what's the opportunity? What's the activation? Okay, I'm in my shadow. What am I reclaiming here? Like, that's what it means to be a sovereign woman. <laughs> like, okay, yes. I'm finding myself in the dark. I'm I'm going to excavate the dark. Isn't like no one's going to come save you from that place. Um, so again, and then we can we can choose to look at that shadow. We can choose to reclaim the eroticism. And sometimes we're going to find ourselves with our asses kicked. But I'm saying that's also divine. <laughs> it, it it is, it, and it's actually a very beautiful gift from your erotic feminine to you because that is her signature calling card yes. for many many women. It's been and or is a relationship that it is triggering this trauma, and often those relationships are almost automatically carrying the signature of high highs, massive connection. Absolutely. I know you, you're the one I've been waiting for you. This is it. I knew it was real and now I'm living it. And then the flip side of that is the trauma that truly has created the bond is so intense. It's debilitating. Yes. And that is your feminine arrows, because ultimately, when you're going into the shadows, into the darkness, the feminine, by her nature, descends. So the going down into the underworld, I think of Inanna and her journey. And when I began going through this initiation, I literally was with a group of, in my community, we were doing journeying of shum, some shamanic level and I saw Inanna come and get me. And I knew, oh shit, this is it. Mm. And proceeded to go through initiation after initiation with this trauma bonding that was literal hell. Yeah. And why I say that's a gift, you use the language, Sarah, that you got your ass kicked. Yeah, <laughs> the ass that's getting kicked is the part of you that's not really you. And it needs to be kicked to the curb. Yeah. And because we are not conscious of it yet, not because anything's wrong with you, but because we are continually evolving into new consciousness within, excavating the darkness, going down into our feminine, because that is continually happening, you are bringing more consciousness in and calling yourself home. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's not because anything is wrong with you it's not because you're broken it's not because you're not good enough for him or you're not doing it right or you didn't fix yourself it's none of those it's hey baby i'm you i want you all for me so please come in here go yeah. deeper come down in further let me turn the light on in this room and show you how hungry you are for something real Mm. 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 Oh, yes. I love your vocabulary that you use around all of this. I love it. I love it. So I want to talk about hero scamos. I want to talk about um, after, after that, after that <sighs> misplacement of power or the end of the relationship that you thought was the absolute one and then you're facing these depths and I know that you and I have both gone through that then um 
there, there is a bigger union. So you find this place inside of yourself and you activate the erotic and you know yourself as a feminine creature. It's like, <laughs> I use the word creature instead of woman. It's like, <laughs> love like that. Oh, I love it. Yes. And, yeah. and then there is a union that, you know, I, I have my experience of it um, where, you know, I realized like, oh, there are these aspects of the divine, of the divine masculine that, that I have been placing onto men and wanting men to be this. But then it was like, and, and it still is, honestly, a process of coming into relationship, into deep relationship, into union with God, with this higher masculine or divine masculine. So how do you talk about that? How do you talk about Heros Gamos? Um, because I do... And I'd love to hear what you have to say about this. Like there, there are so many people awakening to this. Like I didn't even know that it was a thing. <laughs> like I wasn't chasing it. <laughs> um, it was like, I realized that's what was happening in my life. And that was, that was like the only, that was the thing that was like the natural direction. And, um, and then I was like, oh my gosh, there's a word for this, you know, as the soul does, it kind of like points you in the direction so that you can recover it. But it's also a lot of like buzz right now. So people might hear Heroes Gamos and then be like, oh, that sounds cool. You know, like, let me activate in that. (laughs) So it's really, it's really alive on the planet. Um, because it needs to be like, because the planet needs this activation right now. But yeah, I would love to hear you talk about that. Mm. Yeah, Hiros Gamos came on my radar in 2004, really, when everything changed in my world. And ironically, it was from reading the Da Vinci Code. Mm-hmm. And they, he, Dan Brown speaks about Hiros Gamos and that. And I immediately, as is natural for my feminine creature, felt an obsession to know more about this. It was that, that for me, when we spoke about codes and activations, reading that book and learning of the sacredness of the feminine was my first encounter with anything like it. I grew up in religion that was very much focused around the elevation of men. Mm-hmm. And there was, there was God, but there was no goddess. There was Jesus, mm-hmm. there was no Mary. And so that really turned literally and energetically and sexually, all of them in my arrows totally turned me on. And so part of me went in pursuit of it and my path took several directions. But ultimately what I feel about Hieroscamos in current time is it senses for a while, I felt like it was the, the destination. That's where I'm seeking to get. I want to be in relationship in that sacred union, in that Hieroscamos. And my personal pathway did navigate the, the piece of healing my inner masculine. And each one of us has masculine and feminine. And at the time, I learned that for many of us as women, we're really unaware of our masculine energy within, of how we are relating to it and how our inner uh, patterning, because it includes how our mothers felt. It includes how we were taught 
to respond to the masculine, to think of him, to feel him, to believe in him or not, to put him in his own box. All of that affects how we relate to ourselves. Mm -hmm. So that was a piece for me of coming into the Hieroskamos. And I think for many women on, on one level or another is becoming intimate with her own inner masculine. And that has to include how you relate to God energy. My, my partnership with Hieroskamos continues to shift. And I found myself, and I know we'll talk about pieces, I found myself coming back into relationship with my husband of 28 years. And navigating the energetics of Hieroskamos was really where we began again. And we continued to push that edge, that edge of how we each relate to God energy and how we each relate to masculine feminine on our own before we could ever do it with each other. I find as I continue... And I said to my husband recently, because we, we really, we spent a few years apart. And so we really are navigating brand new territory together individually and in our partnership. And uh, I lost a piece of what I was going to say there because I went back into that. But what, what has mattered, ah, I was going to say, I said to him recently, I, I am a woman who will forever push to the edge of consciousness. I'm always, for me, my erotic signature will forever desire to walk that edge. And even if I have to be suspended on the edge to get to the next iteration of Jacqueline, I'm signing up. Mm. And so in the Hieroskamo signature, I feel like I'm moving into the next evolution of that which in my language comes to be the high masculine, the high feminine. And that is very much about uh, the God within. It's bringing that, that union of power also within and approaching it as your, your erotic signature plays out the way that it does. And the way that it plays out is your personal game. And when you put that language on it, it lightens everything. When you begin to look at life as, okay, this is my space, my game that I get to explore, activate, arouse, play with. How do I want to do this? And so we're beginning to navigate that in union. Hyroscamos has been a portal to getting to this place, mm-hmm. to shifting into deeper, I would say, first of all, connection to self, and then ultimately eroticism between us, polarity. Polarity in Hieroskamos is essential, masculine, feminine, holding the polarity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know I just gave a lot. There was a lot. Yeah. So I'm trying to, I, I'm almost like a map maker sometimes in my head or like I'm mm. the maps. And so, you know, a lot of the time when we're talking about that, uh, 
I, the word that's coming is addiction to like, I need to find the soulmate, you know, then we're hooking into this idea that the power is outside of ourselves. And what I just heard you say, or like how I would draw that map is one, we come back to ourselves and we have this inner masculine feminine union where we know that both of these polarities exist within. Then step number two (laughs) is that we recognize that the God aspect is inside of us. And that's Mm. what is in union inside of us. And that we are in union with the divine. And then step three, when two people are doing that same thing and two people both have their relationship with the divine and with this polarity within themselves, and then they are playing together. That's that's sacred union (laughs) or whatever you want to call it. But like, that's, um, I don't know. That's the relationship that I'm interested in. That's the relationship that that I have. Yes. Um, And, or, and, and we're coming into, right. Like you and I, as friends have talked about how um, our relationships are evolving in that space, but it took me a long, long time to recognize that I was I was hooking into the wrong idea of what relationship Mm. was like soulmate relationship is often the trauma bond, but this relationship of the union within the union with God, and then two people being in union, like in that environment, um, that's the jam as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) It is. It absolutely is. And what I heard when you were describing that was that's, that's the ecstasy. That's where it exists. And the beauty of coming into that kind of union to be very clear is it's not a union that is weighted with because I'm in partnership with you. I'm responsible for how you feel. Nope. There's none of that. There is, I am this whole feminine creatured being. And I sometimes might be messy. I sometimes might be juicy as fuck. I sometimes might be quiet. I sometimes may not want to connect with you at all. And other times I can't get enough of you, Mm -hmm. but I am whole. And you, he, the man experiences the same in his own way, in his masculine energy. And there's no obligation to have to show up for each other in a specified way. It's show up as who you are. Mm-hmm. And by the nature of you being you and me being me, we have alignment, mm-hmm. period. We That's want to it. be there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. the turn on. Uh, so beautiful. And th- like all of the old projections, like the shit that people get upset with one another for, like, you know, you have these old fears or something that come that come up because we're human and we've been hurt before and shit like that. And so, um, you know, last week I went through like some of those came up out of the shadows for me to look at and heal and transmute. And so I was like naming my projections and he's like, cool, I can totally hold space for you, you know, but he's not, he's not like um, mm. becoming activated in himself because I have a wound or a projection that's coming up. And then he named some for me. He's like, okay, I have a question because there's this old projection coming up. You know, is this your intent? Is this your intent? Is this what you're doing out there? Cause, because I am um, continually reclaiming my erotic nature because <laughs> I kind of turned it off out of um, 
out of fear and, you know, like not the whole way, but it's so yes. much a part of my soul that after that last relationship, I was like, man, I got in trouble. Like I had sexual shame around it. Right. So mm-hmm. I had I closed a lot of it down. And so as it comes back on, he's like, let me just check in with you. You know, is this true? Is this true? Is this true? And, um, and nothing inside of me was charged. There was no need to defend. <laughs> there was no reaction. I was just like, uh, no, that's false information and that's your shit, you know? And he's like, oh, okay, that's my shit. Like, it's not activated. It's not there. It's not real. Like, we're not wasting our time in those wounded spaces, like projecting that onto one another. We help each other heal through those spaces, no doubt. But yeah, it's just amazing. It's just like this, this pure alignment and um, yeah, a lot of, a lot of joy without all of those other chords of like, oh, you did this and that pissed me off and now you have to fix yourself and I have to, you know, like none of that. Sarah, that is so telling to the women who are listening and navigating challenges in relationship. There's always going to be challenges, but you spoke it so beautifully that we can when there's alignment, and this is a way for the women listening that you can sort of do a check-in. When there's alignment and you voice what's coming up for you, it's not going to result most of the time in him being traumatized, activated, in his wounds, pushing you back, defending himself, making you wrong, not being able to stay in his own energy regardless of what you do. And of course, he's not going to perfect that and neither are you. And the same is true for you, that if he is saying where he's at, what he needs, what's happening, and you are constantly triggered, that's your sign. Step back. Yeah. Give space and allow yourself, allow the creature of your feminine, the erotic within you to sense, is this my yes? Mm. And if you get any no, stay in that step back until and unless you get a yes to go back in. Mm. Yeah. Because the true alignment is not repetitively triggering. It does not keep you down over and over and over again in trauma and hell. Right. That's not it. No matter how great another signature of that kind of relationship is that then the quote makeup sex, the coming back together is phenomenal. No matter how great that is, if you are continuing to cycle through trauma, just step out and listen and be with only you. Doesn't mean you have to walk away from him, but at least allow yourself to step out, step out and get clear if that's what your feminine creature, love that word, Sarah, is asking for because she's asking for something. Right. Right. And so many women, probably so many women listening are saying you know, how do I ever get this? How do I ever get him on board? And and what I hear you saying, Jacqueline, is to turn toward your erotic feminine self yes. and know her and bolster her and something alchemical, maybe you can speak to this, something alchemical will begin to happen in him, likely. 
it's like absolutely if if the alignment is there then absolutely and do we have time for me to speak a little bit on my experience of this sarah yeah maybe we'll finish with this if that's okay I love our conversation and I I know that listeners are loving it also, but we're going on about an hour. So yeah, let's, whatever, whatever is arising and let's conclude with that if that's okay. Perfect. That's absolutely, that's great. Brilliant. So for me to the tune of what you were just speaking about that woman turning toward herself and her own inner desire, even if it's the desire to stop feeling this pain. Whatever that desire is, when you turn towards it, the desire to come alive, to live more fully, to be able to allow your nervous system to relax in your partnership. When you turn towards that, Sarah's absolutely right that it becomes its own, I call it erotic alchemy. Mm. When I, so I had been away for a few years from my husband as we were each navigating my eroticism a whole new frequency of it was waking up and when i came back into our home last fall my intention was that i would be back here whatever was going to be happening with our marriage because it was really unknown was going to be figured out and in my mind i probably was going to be divorcing and being on my own mm. i in december began to express very radical truth. It was very hard for me to say, I don't feel the alignment. And to be fully transparent, as I cycled through the process, I'm going to share with you. Every single time I spoke, I knew within myself, my jaw would get tight. My my whole being would be holding it. And I knew this is the next thing I have to say. And it was as though I went through six layers deep or more, that's not the exact number, of this process of, okay, I have to say this, or I'm just going to be so miserable inside and going, all right, universe, help me. Help me. I have no idea how to say this. I'm terrified to say it. It's so hard to let the words come out of my mouth. So I don't know what to do. And it would be a few days to a week. And eventually I would be sitting there having Sunday morning coffee with my husband and it would just come blurting out of me. And that was the perfect way. I have no judgment of that. So I said, I don't feel alignment. Then I said, I think I have to go. And it was as though every time I said something, he was fully present. He was fully receiving it but it didn't impact deeply. And it kept going along. I didn't want to use the divorce words. I had my own trauma around my parents getting divorced and the imprint of that, that was buried deeply. And I didn't want to say that. And finally, that was like the last straw that I said, I, I, George, I'm talking about divorce. It's time to divorce. And each time, ladies, that I spoke my truth to him through tears, through messiness, through not the right words, but my truth, he moved. And at first it was an unconscious moving. And then it broke him wide open, which I was terrified of. I was terrified Mm -hmm. of hurting him, of abandoning him, of walking away, of being the one who did it. And that man broke open. He went as far as we had an intense, probably month from right around Christmas 
to the end of January, where we were navigating this with a lot of tears, no blaming, no shaming, no pointing fingers, but just navigating truthfully where we were. And some of those truths I spoke to him were the hardest words that have ever come out of the depths of my belly. Mm. And ultimately, without all of the details, we are now about to sell our family home. We are spending the summer just getting a breath. And come fall, we have no idea what's next. This man has left his job of 14 years, a career of 30 years, because it has been debilitating on his masculine. It's dissolving his polarity to stand in who he is and not give that power to somebody else. He has opened sexually in massive ways. He's allowing his own erotic energy to be present. It's not shut down because he's so enthralled and wrapped up in being provider for his family. Everything Mm -hmm. is changing. And we are, to be very clear, we are not at a place of, okay, I'm committed to you forever. And that's challenging for him when I say, I am here as long as it feels alive and the alignment is here. Mm -hmm. He's working, we are working together with a couple's mentor. He is exploring working with somebody on his own. And I say none of this to say that he was wrong. It was all him. I say this as a woman who continually takes her steps had no idea where this man was going to land or our relationship. I watched our marriage die and we let it die. We literally went through the energetic process of divorce, although we didn't do it on paper. We let it all die. And we have no idea what we are creating now, only that we are staying in the energy of Eros. My radical truth activated him not to choose me, to choose himself and explore for himself if relationship with me is what he even wants. Not just to do it because we've been together 28 years, which is his way. He's loyal to the end. Now he's sitting back and going, yeah, I have to explore what I want. And that's a turn on. Right. (laughs) Right, right. So yeah, that thank you so much for your story because you aligning to your truth and then speaking it to him was his own activation to to ask himself, what do I really want? What am I really Mm. choosing? Like, you know, he did the thing of being husband and provider to your children. Like he did that really, really well. And that was a role and sort of a script that we give men in the society and say, okay, that's masculinity. But Mm -hmm. you're saying like, I'm going to actually invite you to engage with a new idea of like what, what being a man even means to you, what being in relationship even means to you. And I've seen that with clients, like with female clients who decided to stay in, in their partnership, um, you know, how it is kind of, um, well, it's difficult. It's difficult either way, right? To wake up, but it's it's difficult to want your man to come along. And a lot of the time, we 
hold like a mistaken masculine pull and we say, you better get your shit together or else. And I want to point out that that is not what you're saying. You're saying by Mm -mm. aligning to your feminine truth and your erotic feminine nature and inviting from that space that activates the man into his masculinity. And yeah, I see the same thing. I see the same thing. So when there's like a fear or, you know, those projections are like, whoa, I haven't been here before. Like if I hold that feminine and hold the, um, you know, the soft, the inviting, the nurturance, the, the erotic feminine, then, then my partner is like, oh, I see how to rise up. I see how to step in and I want to be that man. So it's, it's like naturally inviting, naturally alchemizing, um, so thank you so much for, uh, for sharing your deep example of that, mm. because what a transformation you have been living. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. And him too, by choice. You know, that's the beauty that's is right. that these men are doing it by choice and it's not an acquiescence to, she wants me to do this. Yes. And I said that to him. I still say it. Listen, you do it for you. I do not want a yes man. I want a man who, if it's a no, he will stand up and say no. I want a man fully erect in his own power because that is what turns on my erotic juices. Yes. Yes. Ah, so beautiful. Jacqueline, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Mm. Please tell listeners where they can find you. If they'd like to contact you and work with you, um, what would that look like? The easiest place for all of us these days is Facebook. Just find me on Facebook, Jacqueline L. Robinson. Send me a PM. I do have a website, but as crazy as it is, I created it last year and it already feels obsolete. If you (laughs) are not on Facebook, you can go to JacquelineSacredIntimacy.com. And even though a lot of what is represented there is ready to be updated, you can still get in touch with me. Wonderful. Okay. Well, thank you so much. And I know that everyone has just learned a lot. So thank you for your time and your energy. Thank you, Sarah. Big love. This is Sarah Poet of Embodied Breath. And thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I'm curious, what was your biggest takeaway? Remember that you are not alone on the sacred path and women are rising now together. You can visit my website, sarahpoet.com for more tools and inspiration to support your sacred remembering path. Please be sure to check the show notes, subscribe to this podcast, share with a friend and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. I love to hear from you. Stay connected and here's to your path of sacred remembering.